Welcome to The Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for all of The Walking Dead. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And today we're talking Season 1, Episode 5 of Daryl Dixon, Do Amours. That's how they say it over there in France. The language of love. Uh-huh. I don't know what that means. I think it means two loves. I'm not sure. Yeah. That sounds right. Yeah. Uh, two loves. Daryl loves America and Daryl loves boats, right? Yes, he can't get away from either one for very long. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, I think I think it, the title's fairly self-explanatory. Uh, what do you think of this episode? I thought I I almost texted you in the middle of it and be like, "Am I watching the best episode of The Walking Dead of all time?" Because <laughs> it was really fucking good, and then. We got some, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know what to think about the whole Genet, Pauvois, um, Sixth Republic, uh, France stuff. Um, but while it was just Daryl Dixon and the kid and Aslan and even some of the early, like, like uh, back in the, the coastal Maine zombie wrangling, I thought this was a fucking phenomenal episode. I mm-hmm. like... Norman Reedus just idles his way through 99% of The Walking Dead, and every once in a while, they let him, like, rev up the motor a bit, and I thought everything with him and Laurent was just just great, just amazing. Um, yeah, I, I, I thought this was so close to being a truly great episode of The Walking Dead, and then towards the last third, some of the, the modern excesses of The Walking Dead started getting in the way, but, like... <laughs> Like I said, better than average, and I and I think again, if if you're one of the ones that like just likes to listen instead of watch, it's kind of worth your time to watch at least the first thirty minutes of this episode. The filmmaking's great, the acting's great. Uh, you know, there's no crazy zombie situations, but they they get there. What did you think? Uh, yeah, I I largely agree. I, I don't look. I don't think there is an episode of The Walking Dead I would call amazing. And even if this had stayed as good as it was in the first half, I don't think this would be amazing television it's good it's it's good uh and by walking dead standards it, it might even be considered great um it should hang in the louvre it, the, the, but yeah I, I definitely took note when like norman Reedus, like you said woke up and actually gave a damn for a scene or two um i wish we saw a lot more of that throughout the season but it's kind of not in his character right you really have to it seems like you have to piss Daryl off for him to wake up. Um, every other time, he just kind of goes with the flow, man. Um, so, yeah, I, I found myself liking most of this episode. I don't have big problems with the ending. I think, like, yeah, it's Walking Dead stuff, right? Um, mm-hmm. You've got the big bad who's going to give this sanctimonious speech and, like, for and you know behind the scenes nefarious reasons and like okay the people are gonna buy it i guess because it's the apocalypse but so much of that stuff just strikes me as oh really the elite person standing up here with all the fancy shit and all the connections is telling me that they're going to lead the country into a new era where the elite don't rule them okay but first zombie gladiatorial games you know it's uh-huh, like Jesus. yeah let's evoke roman yeah let's do but that 
Just, yeah, yeah. And it all goes all the way back to, like, the governor. Like, every single one of the high muckety-mucks tends to put on these, like, zombie sporting events. And it's just like, really? Yeah. Uh, I don't know, man. That seems to be the path for uh, The Walking Dead, and they're fine walking it. I guess I am, too. Whatever. This stuff, I, I don't know if I've been trained out of getting uh, incited by this stuff, but it doesn't bother me so much. I don't know. I'm becoming, I'm getting a little bit of Stockholm syndrome with The Walking Dead, maybe. Mm. I just wish that, like, as I thought they could do something different with, you know, uh, Madame Genet here, and she's mm. just the governor 6.0. And, yeah. Uh, and she's doing crazy experiments and try, trying, trying, I, I don't know what her real deal is here with the experiments because she's, she talks a big game like she's going to be this you know new ruler that's going to democratize or egalitarize everything and i'm just like really that that's the purpose of your fucked up experiments that doesn't make any sense so what are you actually doing here yeah, and there's a couple of like world building hints about the idea that the wealthy Western countries unleashed the zombie virus on the world. I don't know if that's canon or if that's her surmisal or if that's uh, like, is this something that they kind of went down in the world of The Walking Dead? And I'm just supposed to know that because it's part of the AMCU zombie universe. But I thought like, oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. That's new information. Uh, I wouldn't wouldn't be surprised. Um if if it was like a lab leak scenario, but yeah, uh, it's just weird the way. It, but I was thinking that like just because it seemed like so much of the other stuff she's saying is bullshit. But I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I looked into because she mentioned she's starting the Sixth Republic, and I look into the Fifth Republic and the fact that like you know France for a lot of its early history in terms of republics was just like this revolving door of revolutionaries and counter revolutionaries and emperors and another revolution and you know by the time we got to the fourth republic fell when the nazis took over and then uh a strong man paul uh this this general de gaulle a military leader essentially uh provisionally ruled france for two or three years while they got their shit together and was then called upon i think 10 years later to kind of do it again when they were finally getting their constitution to put so there is like precedent Hmm. That like, oh, when we have this time of upheaval, we need a strong like military person to kind of like make sure, mm-hmm. you know, we need like this George, George Washingtonian figure to like hammer the country into some kind of thing that then the politicians can take over for. So it's like, I don't like I said, I thought it was pretty interesting. Yeah, but then when we got to possible. the fucking zombie games with Daryl and yeah, axes injecting and, zombies with super serum and shit. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. It's like where it's it's season three, the walking dead now with Bane power, you know, powers. They're going to shoot them full of zombie steroids. And uh, yeah, I feel, I feel like the writers are trapped in this show. Like they want to they want to do something interesting and compelling, but they are on the walking dead. So inside you have to write this dead. shit. Each, each inside each Walking Dead is two two Walking Dead writers, two wolves. Yeah, one is the Frank Darabont Walking Dead, and the other is Zombie Nation, and they're just constantly pulled pulled between those two dogs. Yep. So I I don't know. I've definitely seen it's worse their, episodes. It's their du amour. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. The the title of this episode is a cry for help. Uh, all right. Maybe we should get into the recap. Well, it couldn't hurt. You're listening to The Watching Dead. We'll be right back. Cause the world is but a tree when you're on easy 
getting geared up for the 6th annual Summer Badass Fest. And while we're working on a slate of apex badass films to enjoy, we've got an early action-packed announcement to make. Just like last year, we're kicking off Badass Season with a live movie watch and podcast recording. We've rented out a theater for connoisseurs of action films and bald move fans that just want to have a great time. Unlike last year, this year's movie is top secret. Hush, hush. No hints, except it's incredibly badass. It stars an absolute icon of the genre. We're willing to bet most of you haven't seen it, and it's going to be an incredible viewing experience with a packed house of bald movers. Those of you who came to last year's screening of Total Recall know what a party it was. And those of you who didn't, <laughs> now's your chance to experience it. Meet me and Jim, order some custom movie-themed drinks at the theater's full bar, then watch us record the full podcast for the movie. We reserved a venue over twice the size as last year, but seating is still limited. It's happening Friday, 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 June 21st at 7 p.m. in our hometown of Cincinnati. Get full details and buy tickets at baldmove.com slash live. Cincinnati's actually a pretty great city to visit, and we've got lots of details for side adventures on our event page as well. The Reds are playing the Boston Red Sox in their fantastic Riverside Stadium. The thrills of Kings Island just minutes away, and I'll be leading a kayak trip down the scenic Little Miami River on Saturday. Again, get full details and get your tickets now on our Badass Fest 6 page at baldmove.com slash live live. We're about 10 weeks out from House of the Dragon Season 2, and it's time to prepare for war. Which in our case means, well, watching a lot of Hot D and reading a lot of Fire and Blood. Each week between now and June 16th, Maester Anthony and his co-host Steve are hosting a watch of each episode of Hot D Season 1. And then me and Jim are going to host a discussion of the differences between the events on that episode and how they're recounted in George R.R. Martin's historical tome, Fire and Blood. That's right, I've resorted to reading dragon books. God help us all. We'll see if my fresh eyes add any new insights or predictions into Season 2. Arm yourselves with all the lore you can for the battles ahead. House of the Dragon returns June 16th, but we've got you covered until then. Check out all of our upcoming Hot D coverage on the Hot D feed or on Bald Move Pulp, available wherever you listen to podcasts. Meryl Daryl's still kicking. Here's more of The Watching Dead. We start off aboard Aslan's boat. Daryl worries that Laurent is too soft for this world. Aslan asks Daryl how he ended up here, and the flashbacks begin. Uh, what do you think about Laurent? Too soft for the world? I kept I keep waiting for me to be exasperated Laurent and he almost got there I was right with there Daryl with the fucking boat shit um mm-hmm. but I, I mean I don't I don't know like yeah he's definitely sheltered but it doesn't seem like he's weak because like when he's forced to do unpleasant things this episode he kind of he's like well I don't want to do it because it violates my oath to God or I do blah and and Dar- the adults in his life say well 
tough titties. Sometimes you got to do things you don't like. And he seems to like kind of be on board with that. Uh, you mm-hmm. know, he didn't listen to Daryl's. So, so I, I don't know. I, I think I'm trying to, I, I guess I'm taking this answer too seriously. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think Laurent's too weak for the world, but I also don't think he's the mankind savior. So like I'm in a, like yeah, I'm yeah. a Laurent agnostic. All right. You think he's just a kid. Yeah, I mean the show keeps role. on doing things where like he does seem like to be like a capital E empath, whatever mm-hmm. the fuck that means. But I, I don't know. That just might be he grew up with a bunch of kind women, and no <laughs> no no men came in there to beat beat it out of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so now he somehow can intuit people's uh, feelings and uh, pain. I guess like he'll do later in the episode with Janae. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, um, uh, I I thought the like I also really liked um the discussion of the La religion uh <laughs> the religion with uh, Aslan mm-hmm. and the Daryl and even um Laurent here you know finding out that Daryl's kind of for better or worse an atheist and uh, yeah like I said there's the stuff that you know the, with Abram and Abraham that's going to tie into the stuff with Issa. like I said this is a pretty good episode in terms of the walking dead yeah not bad well let's go to this uh, flashback okay oh, you i don't, I don't want to ask you a question after we get done with this flashback okay daryl's out of fuel he encounters a guy on the road who offers him some and that guy takes daryl back to his camp where a bunch of mercenaries are commissioned to gather tall walkers <laughs> or i guess average height walkers it depends uh they just no don't shorties. want shorties mm-hmm and we see that the French do have working radios because we hear the French language. At least at this point in time, the French do have radios. Wait, this is in Maine, not France. I know, but there's a fr- they're receiving French signals here. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Um, So one of the things in the early goings of the season, actually in the, on a preview podcast, I mentioned that the conception of the show is like Daryl. Daryl's in France, and it's a mystery. But it's not a mystery to Daryl. It's not like he's got amnesia. He hasn't forgotten. Mm-hmm. And we're both like, oh, Christ, that's the Walking Dead doing Walking Dead shit again. Now that we've gotten to the episode, do you think it was worth it to tell the story out of order? Um, and, and No, wa- because and- I think super zombies are stupid. Uh, always have, always will. With rare exception, if you're just having a ton of fun, like if you're going to be a Z Nation or whatever, that's cool. I like those shows, but super zombies are stupid. I want the shambling dead. I don't want the fast zombies. Eh, They're okay, but I prefer the slow zombies. I prefer the brain dead zombies, the ones who are just seeking the live humans to kill them. I don't need super serums. I don't need flying zombies or jumping zombies or shit like that. So no, I thought this was all not worth it. I'm thinking from like, just from a storytelling perspective, like what did they get by keeping this from us? Because I'm thinking if like they had played this entire, this, this whole sequence of his, you know, getting captured and like as the setup to the season. And then, you know, he goes from the boat and then he washes up in France to proceed. 
I feel like the fact that he kind of started taking a fatherly mentor role in this young boy and it went terribly wrong would be a nice little subtext to the whole season. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I, I don't know. Cause like, I, 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 I just think it was distracting through like most of the season. The fact that, you know, there's all these pointed questions about why is Daryl here? And like, you know, he just has to shrug to the camera and be like, oh, you'll find out in episode five. But but uh, yeah, I, I guess I'm with you. I, I didn't care about the super zombies aspect of it. I'm just thinking everything else. It, it, I felt like it detracted from the episode to like show Daryl kind of doing a self-interested, half-handed job of helping this young man versus him trying to do the same thing in a more earnest way with the Ront. I thought it would it would have played a lot better if we were just like putting that stuff together ourselves rather than have the the showrunners kind of shove it down our throat. Anyway, yeah, the, the episode definitely is making that connection. I mean, they're they're literally cutting back and forth between basically identical scenes. It's um, I, my hand is not being held as being yanked forward like an exciting three uh, excited three year olds leading me through a dinosaur exhibit of a children's museum. It's like okay, I get it. You're very yeah. excited. You're very excited about these fossils, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, I did think that I was surprised at how I thought the narrative, the American, the, the main narrative was as strong as it was. Like, I thought it was kind of cool. Daryl having to, like, you know, bounty hunt zombies to get mm-hmm. fuel. Um, yeah. I mean, this is all part of Janae's operation. We'll find out later. It'll, it'll it be is. made explicit. It's a but, like, yeah, this is an outpost that's used to gather walkers so they can do experiments on them or just can feed I ask people you to this? Them? I don't know. Is it really that hard to find fresh zombies in continental Europe that you have to import them from Maine? That's a little wild, <laughs> but <laughs> like maybe this isn't exactly lobster, man. You can. I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure you can get freshy fresh zombies anywhere and and Janae doesn't even seem like the type of person that would be past taking undesirables and and you know turning them into the freshest of zombies yeah like Mm -hmm. uh, but you know it's the walking dead so there's a zombie economy apparently people paying top dollar top dollar in terms of some way to get daryl over there fuel corn 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 distilled gasoline they're willing to pay yeah pints and liters kind of makes sense uh that stuff's probably hard to make in the zombie apocalypse I I don't did Daryl have this ridiculous knife in the main series because I, I don't fucking know if it was this love big. It. It's so it's fucking like, huge. <laughs> it's like a Final Fantasy seven pocket knife. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, you know, that's a this if, is the if buster I saw, knife. <laughs> if I if I saw someone with that knife nowadays in real life, I'd be like, this is the most absurd poser bullshit I've ever seen. But in the zombie apocalypse fuck yeah fuck yeah get the biggest meanest uh-huh. bowie knife you can get yeah it's got to be effective for sure i mean we've seen him use it it's great uh yeah yeah I, I would laugh somebody out of a walmart if they were buying this thing on the shelf but like of course of course daryl's gonna have the biggest knife possible uh let's go back to france they oh are... i guess we should establish for the people who aren't watching this is that the, this young man there's a, there's a young man at, at camp and mm-hmm. he's going around with a picture of his girlfriend. He's a real sad case, and he wants he wants he wants people to just help him. Essentially, he wants he wants to work. For yeah, gas. he's trying to partner up with people. He's he's acting like he's got something to offer, but he's a little eh, guy. We'll see. He's like what seventeen. He's, he's he's yeah. He's he's not very imposing. He's he's wiry. Doesn't have any kind of skills in terms of the backwoods. It's it's pathetic. Yeah. 
Uh, then we go back to France, which is the current day setting. Uh, they're far from their destination, about 200 kilometers or 124 miles in American. Uh, that that kind of bothers Daryl. Long way to go. I don't know. What do you cover that in? Five days? On Three a boat? days? No, I think you could do that in like a couple days. Yeah, two, three days. Now, that's a, is this, is this, a, this is a powered boat. Dude, so. I fucking hmm. love this boat. I thought it was like one of those long house boats. It's not. It's like someone, it's like a chopper version of a long house boat. <laughs> okay. It's got, it's, it's a, it's a one person tent houseboat mm-hmm. and it looks so cozy, so cool. It looks like it'd be so much fun to just putter down fog shrouded rivers. Uh, I've, I've never seen a boat like this before, but hmm. I instantly loved it. And it does seem like it just kind of idles, you know, gets like, it goes at like a walking pace. So, yeah, which means it's good. It's probably going to take a while. I think the only guy who can effectively steer this boat is Aslan. So he's got to sleep sometime. That's a good uh, point. Like, why why is he the only one that can effectively steer this boat down the river? I don't know. I mean, I guess Daryl could manage, right? Like, he, he didn't seem like he was intimidated or out of his depth when Aslan died. I wouldn't died. think so. It's like, yeah, just steer the, like, yeah, start the boat, steer the boat. But you think if yeah. it was this important, you could get, you could go day and night. Like, why would you stop at night? I don't know. It's prime travel time. But they do. Uh... Let's go to the flashback again. Crossbow Daryl ties walkers to the tree and disarms or disjaws them. Uh, he takes them back to the camp and blows away everyone else's totals. Gets all the gas. Uh, some kid tries to be his partner, but Daryl's doing fine on his own. This is the kid you were talking about earlier. He's like, you need, do you need to partner up for a cut? And he's like, do it look? Does it look like I need help? It's like I just, <laughs> I just brought in literally three times the zombies as the second meanest zombie hunting group that has mm-hmm. like four guys. And his method, where he's like shooting through zombies with his crossbow with the, with tied to a, a rope, and then he just like ties them to a tree and shoves the stick in their mouth so they can't bite. It's like it's a, it's a refined Daryl method, and uh, yeah. Not only is he bringing home that zombie gold, a lot of them are freshies. So he's getting the mm-hmm. full, full, was that the quart, pint? Quart. Quart's bigger uh, than a pint, right? <laughs> tell me to me an American and I get to. I do. I see. I don't uh, even. That's the thing. It's like, I don't even know imperial <laughs> units. Like, I, I have either. a, I have a good idea of like what a two liter and a gallon is. Mm-hmm. But I have, fuck, yeah. Like, how many cups are in a gallon and how many pints are in a hogshead and. How many bushels right. are in a gram? Fuck me if I know. Jesus. How many pints in a stone? Do we know this? Can this I be think, determined? Isn't a stone like 20 pounds or is it 30 pounds? I don't know. And yes, I'm aware of the one's volume and one's weight. I don't care. Uh, I'm not. <laughs> okay. I'm pan ignorant in measurements. It was, it was great though. Um, a meter is yeah, a yard. That's the one thing that I can cling roughly, to when, yeah. I'm, when, I'm, when I'm discussing stuff with the the euros is like okay yeah I, I won't get caught out as long as we're under 10 of them mm-hmm. it's like three centimeters in an inch roughly right i don't it's like two two centimeters see that's like i with kilometers i just assume it's like there's two kilometers per mile and i know that's wildly wrong but again it's kind of yeah. right when i'm just thinking this yeah, so it's like yeah i'm glad they know. went into that detail with daryl like 
he says 200 kilometers that could be six million miles for all daryl knows right sure like, yeah me too like 200 kilometers means nothing to me i wish he it didn't did. say kilometers he said kilometers so daryl's just like you could see him like doing math and Py- pythagorean theorems uh-huh. and yeah the guys like that's 124 in america on it's language circuits crossed wires with his math circuits and he was done <laughs> steam coming out of his ears uh, the the possum he has running around on a wheel for his brain just just gassed <laughs> just got gassed out. But yeah, this, this scene was fun. I Daryl has probably never had to consider how to trap a walker, but considering how good he is at killing them, it seemed a pretty natural transition. Uh, let's go back over to France. Current day, Aslan's boat makes a stop to pick up a bunch of rusty buckets. I don't know. Laurent finds a fish. Daryl shows him how to gut it. Laurent gets Daryl uh, to name the people that he misses from home and says, they'll all be together again. I could not believe how he described these people. Like the the lack of passion with which he describes. There's a lady named Carol. Shame on you, Daryl. A lady named Carol. I know you're talking She's to a, a stranger, nice but she means something to you, damn it. Put some I, I feeling into that. I, I feel like that you're supposed to get the feeling from the pre- the precedence. Like, from the you know, lack of, of yeah, feeling. Yeah, like Judith and RJ, they're up front. Sure. Mm-hmm. Connie third. Interesting. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Connie third. Then Zeke and some lady <laughs> named Carol. I think he's burying the lead there. Yeah. That's the thing, man. Um... But yeah, I Carol, thought... who we've survived the entire fucking apocalypse together. Um, but I thought the yeah, there's like Daryl's doing some quality dad in there, you know, um, like Laurence, because he's trying to get he's trying to get to know Daryl. He's like, you know, I miss Issa and, you know, all my friends, I don't know any of yours. It seems unfair. And Daryl's like, well, that's the fish that we're gutting and cleaning about life being fair. But then he kind of like, OK, I'm being a prick. So he. He gives a little information. I, I thought it was cool. I thought it was good. And also Daryl's like yeah. paying of guilt knowing that like, you know, he's I felt like he was kind of in the horns of dilemma that like Isabel was and that like Laurent is saying something hideously naive. Seemingly he's going to be right before the end of the episode. But like and Daryl could set him straight being like, look, we just told you that to make it easier on you to leave the city. You're never seeing Issa again. Like, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, maybe he's psychic too, so I don't really know. Maybe you can see the future and they are all together. That's what I'm saying. uh, They are hinting on this kid being supernatural, but very much in the same way Kevin Garvey was hinted at being supernatural in in The the Leftovers. Nothing that I... very ambiguous. I'm not quite hitting my knees and worshiping this kid yet, you know? Yeah, same here. Turn turn some water into wine, and then we'll start talking. Then walk mm-hmm. on that water. Turn it back into water. Walk on it. All right. <laughs> then then my knees might hit ground. Keep your feet out of my wine. Good God. All right. Issa wakes up in a fancy apartment in a fancy bed, surrounded by fancy paintings and fancy food. She speaks with a fancy woman who tells her that Quinn will be by soon. Uh, of course you live in a palace in the zombie apocalypse. Why not? Pick it's the like nicest French- unoccupied estate and do it. It's French Downton Abbey, you know? Yeah. Uh, it is a stunning room. Like, from the floor to the yeah. ceiling, you're supposed to be impressed with the opulence and the wealth. And he's mm-hmm. got this lady servant that looks like a young, hot Cruella de Vil. Uh, 
Look, I'm thoroughly impressed by a four-post bed. A four-post room with pillars and marble floors and shit. Yeah, sign me up. This is a four-post fortification. It it was yeah. incredible, incredible. Uh, also, they they reveal that he drugged her. You know, so it's like if you were uh, thinking about the kind of guy that Quinn is, it's it's subtle, and you might miss it. But she I like wakes up it. at eleven o'clock and is like confused, and then oh, that's uh, how I wake up every morning. I thought nothing of it, and then he <laughs> he starts talking about the breakfast and well. True. I don't think I don't think he's about stayed up till like four in the morning or whatever kind of vampire hours you keep. <laughs> well, she doesn't have episodes of The Walking Dead to watch. True. True. Uh, you want to put that off as late as late as you possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, but she said something about you know he he's trying to impress her with all this stuff and she's not having it and she says oh maybe it was the drugs and then he goes oh well, I wanted you to you know get your rest i wanted you know the recovery oh like, yeah yeah that's what i do with my wife and she says she's having trouble sleeping i drug her ass it's just drug her yeah yeah, yeah. without telling it's, her just and so then the like, next morning i say i just wanted you to get some sleep honey i it's, it's i just thought it's funny because it's like <laughs> it's almost like they're they're like in just in case you thought quinn might have been capable of turning over a new leaf nah he's mm-hmm. he's he's mm-hmm. up to his old tricks uh yeah he he stops by he gives her some fancy things tells her her friends made it out of the city and immediately starts trying to get back in bed with her uh how long will it take take until you want me again i don't know i'm still processing the fact that you impregnated my sister when we were dating Uh okay (laughs) he's fucking he's played as a little delusional Um, yeah for sure but you know some guys are but but he's i feel like he's also played as very sharp too like there's this weird maybe it's overconfidence is what i would describe it as somebody who understands all the angles intellectually but has overestimated his ability to convince people um or his charm i guess he thinks his charm is covering all of his sinister motives and it's not yeah, there's something to like. He's a very sharp guy, but he's got the, just a one blind spot. You know, that's like uh, yeah. I think the trope that he is embodying. Mm-hmm. Um, the guy who's just got the the weakness for the one woman. Um, I guess, like I said, it, it works. Uh, I'll I'll I'll, yeah. I'll I'll allow it. Hmm. Um, Daryl tries to harden up Laurent by getting him to gut a fish himself, and he's reluctant, but. I think he does it by the end of this. I love Laryl, uh, Laryl's. I love Daryl's religious beliefs because, like, you know, he's Laurent's kind of shocked to find out he doesn't pray to God. And he's like, well, what do you believe in? He says, pull up my own weight. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so mm-hmm. funny. It's so fucking Daryl. Now shove the stick up this fish's ass. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and I yeah. said, Dar- and, and Laurent, like I said, he doesn't want to do it, but like, he's got to so he's going to i like i yeah you want to eat yeah i was i was prepared for him to be a lot whinier and a lot douchier than he is a lot more entitled he doesn't seem like he's that i mean he could go almost a month without food i mean how long is it going to take you to travel 124 miles you gotta eat this fish come on kid stick to your convictions I don't think children as 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 famine resistant as adults are. Yeah, probably you know? not. Especially he's a little skinny guy. And what, like a know, week, two weeks? He could do it. He could hold out till he gets to 
uh, Le Havre or wherever they're going. It's an experiment. You know, you, you, the nest. You, you, you got you got one feed pile and one don't feed pile, one fast pile. Put them in the fast pile, see what happens. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, and then Issa, everybody's calling her Issa. I'm going to call her Issa. She breaks a mirror and asks for God's forgiveness. <laughs> Though it's not because she breaks the mirror. It's because she's what she's about to do. Uh, Seven years I, bad luck. I thought this was going to be her... Well, and it comes up later. I thought this might be her trying to cut her wrist again to like get out of this situation, but it looks like we'll see here in a second. Uh, this is going to be an attempt on Quinn's life. Yeah, I actually had the opposite. I'm like, oh, that's obviously a shiv, and then she starts to go sharpen the edge, and I'm like, you idiot. You don't need the... Like, if you're just poking something into a person, you don't have to... It doesn't have to be all that sharp, to be honest. Yeah. But then yeah. it's like, oh, I guess they're, yeah, they would, if, if they go have her have a pre sharpen it so she can flirt around with self harm or suicide too, then. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. It's, it's like, yeah, she's preparing a piece of metal that she's, she's begging God's forgiveness for. It's, it's not going to have a good end. It's kind of wild that that's what she chose. She chose to rip a hunk off this mirror. There's nothing else in this room that would get the job done. You got to, you gotta destroy what's probably priceless artifacts, priceless pieces of French culture at this point. That mirror was probably made in the 14th century by some famous French philosopher or something. But as a counterpoint, who gives a shit? It's a zombie <laughs> apocalypse, you know? There'll be okay. other Frenchmen to make other mirrors if they if they survive the Sixth Republic business, okay? Yeah. That's the thing. I, I didn't buy any of that speech because for, for essentially that reason. Like, your culture is going to survive... Uh, yeah. I do. I gotta say, I do like this era of The Walking Dead. If I'm being forced to watch it, is I do like the getting on with civilization in some form. I really like, and I enjoy. I I wish we got more non lurid, super zombie depictions of like what it's like. I, I would love to go back to the Commonwealth and see like you know how something like that's done right. Well, um, we we get a little bit of yeah, we do get a little teased, action in this episode. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, Laurent prays for Daryl's friends, and then Daryl and Aslan talk about how he's going to get a boat home, about fighting for causes, and the important of importance of Aslan's watch. Uh, Aslan, very astute here, he points out the inherent contradiction in Daryl, which is. A lone wolf who only wants to get back to his pack. Yeah. Yeah, Daryl pretends to be a lone wolf, but it's really just he's crusty on the outside, and once you get inside, it's a soft center. He's also, like, I really like that point he made. It's like, you know, because Aslan's essentially kind of trying to get him to realize that, um, you know, because he's like, look, I made a promise to get back to people that are important to me. And he goes, oh, well, sometimes promises get overwhelmed. Sometimes, uh, you know, men find worthy causes and they can't stand by. And and Daryl's like, yeah. And a lot of times those fathers that get f- uh, caught up in other people's wars get killed and their kids suffer and then their kids suffer. And then it's like, yeah, I mean, can't, it's hard to argue with that, especially in a zombie apocalypse. Um, yeah, and his whole speech about the watch, I thought was interesting, um, how it connects to Laurent here through Daryl. Essentially, what he's saying is, you are giving Laurent a reason to continue, reason to go on. 
just yeah, like you this are watch his gave pocket me. watch and mm-hmm. kind of kind of yeah yeah um i i was genuinely moved by laurent praying for daryl's family too like mm. i thought that was cute like he had like mm-hmm. doesn't know these people and there's also something really interesting in uh there's like a duality here where daryl uh, uh laurent says these people seem nice and he's like yeah how do you know and then Laurent will flip that around by the end of the episode uh, where Daryl says, oh, nest. yeah, these guys at the nest are going to be. And he's like, oh, yeah, how do you know? Uh, I thought that was oh. really fucking clever. Yeah. Uh, Daryl's mistrust of people coming back to bite him. And then him. Uh, he also the, the scene closes with Daryl reflecting on Laurent's lengthy prayers. Man, this guy, this kid talks to God a lot. Uh praying yeah. to make him be strong like Daryl's strong. It's like, aw. I mean, look, when God is Laurent's sports almanac from Back to the Future. I would oh, be yeah. consulting that thing all the time, too. This yeah. is true. This is true. <laughs> There's a lot of value there. I think that's I think that's a Christian proposition, actually. That's just straight up uh-huh. it, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. All right, let's go to the flashback again. Uh, this this dopey kid still trying to partner up with somebody. Uh, he seems to get in with this group. They tell him, look, hey, go chop some firewood. Maybe we'll let you come along with us tomorrow. So he does it, and Daryl sees the pathetic chops this kid is putting up, takes pity on him, and he goes over to help him. He asks what his story is. Apparently, he's looking for fuel to take his girl away from her abusive father. That's That's noble i guess not not just far away from maine he wants to take her to california yeah which still somehow in the zombie apocalypse is america's promised land i <laughs> the fuck it's gotta just be residual i mean it's the weather right like sure it's got as many zombies yeah, yeah. as any other place but at least you know you, you don't have to have a coat you don't have to own a coat that's true man none of those harsh georgia winters no siri no siri mm. not in not in socal yeah it's a fair point ever since the grapes of fucking wrath people trying to get out to that place like good god a century a century people moving to california must be something to it yeah it really is just the weather uh this is all gonna pay off here in a bit but we'll get to it our producer is very smug because she's from california she enjoys yeah, all this california california love as tupac said mm-hmm uh, Anna pays Quinn a visit. Oh, we're we're back in the the regular times. Uh, Anna pays Quinn a visit, but she's told that he's busy the entire evening, and that's because he's having dinner with Issa. During dinner, she tries to distract him in order to murder him, but she loses her nerve when he starts talking about redemption. And then after dinner, Anna shows Quinn that she's pissed and leaves. He, she, this, this guy saved his whole fucking life with a random Abraham name drop. Yep. It works, and now, man. Let me ask you this. Why, why does it work? Is it just like, is she just that much of a genuine she's believer been that she thinks? Yeah. She personally has been redeemed, right? Her but journey from. Think. This, but, but like, I, I'm the, if, if. This is the one part I had a problem with the storytelling, especially the second time I watched it, because I'm not sure it connects that she's ready to kill this man. Then he goes, but what if I could be redeemed? And she's like, oh, my God, what if he can't be redeemed? 
is she believe that he'll get redemption without her? Like she's like, well, I can kill myself and he can redeem himself. I, I don't know. I thought it was really kind of muddy what they're trying to say spiritual spiritually with her actions oh, here. Oh, right. Because then she goes and considers killing herself. Uh, which would, I think, by her own theology, damn her to hell and wouldn't do anything for him. Good. Maybe it's... Maybe it's... Well, I can't... I Yeah, I can't square that circle because, like... I was, I was going to say maybe it's, well, she can't kill him because then her redemption would be nullified, but she can't kill herself without the same outcome. So, like... But also, I wonder if they're saying that, like, she wasn't really planning on killing herself. She was planning on doing self-harm because she now knows that she can't kill this man who might get redeemed because how can she say... But she also yeah. is just go undergoing intense personal agony, being trapped in this situation. I guess. Um, and then the thing God. that like keeps her from doing that is the hope that you know that, that little message obviously got there from Faro, uh, and you know there's some kind of obviously there's some kind of uh, revolution being planned against the Sith, Sixth Republic. Oh, I thought it was the fresh egg breakfast that kept her from killing herself. That was like a pretty good breakfast. <laughs> I mean, a good fresh scrambled egg will save your life for sure, especially mm-hmm. if you've been drinking the night before. <laughs> Prepared by Gordon Ramsay. But the genuine emotion Z-tru- is generated from, from the, the the. I thought she's. it's good that she used that as like she just got cold. Like, oh, you know, I've, I've, I've shut this part of me down for so long. It's just so soon. I need, I need and time. And here's the thing about Quinn. I can't tell if he's buying any of this or if he's saying exactly what he knows will like he sees this piece of metal he knows what she's trying to do and she he drops the name but he doesn't and you think he saw it are you just speculating that he was dude he sees people who walk up behind him and knows who they are before he turns around so like Hmm. people who've been gone for decades right so Hmm. i don't know i i feel like they're trying to portray him as like supernaturally observant um Hmm. Well, I mean, and, and he's so I Laurent's wonder. dad, right? I yes, yeah. Interesting. I didn't consider that that this was because uh, I also I thought this it is flew in the face him saying like, "Oh, I can wait as long as you want," versus like literally the next day, I tricked you into being by my side and drugged you. When are you going to be hot for me again? You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, uh. But I, again, like I Quinn, know. Quinn is just like a just an archetype of a character. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the genius that has a weak spot for a woman, just like Anna is like this. She cannot be any more thing else. I I so called her. She's the jilted lounge singer, and that's all she's like. Complete with streaked runny mascara from weeping and smashing. She's now smashing dishes, and she ultimately betrays him. Like you know, you, you, know you can't. Who Quinn you, is. Quinn is the bad guy from The Mask. Yes. Always time yes. for one last kiss. Yes. Yes. <laughs> a lot of guy. Bond villains fall under this. A lot of villains yeah, in historical yeah, yeah. dramas fall under this. Like the Sheriff of Nottingham thinking that, oh, yes, this is or Prince John thinking, oh, yes, this is I made Marion's going to marry me for real straight up. No You're strings right, attached. Right. Yeah, there are a thousand I'm, characters yeah. like this. Yeah, I but mean, right. and not everybody gets the Issa treatment where we go back and give her a lavish flashback. Like, you know, Quinn's just the moving piece in her story. So, but it's just, yeah, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of depth after you scratch the surface there. And uh, 
I don't know his real name, Hickey from the Terror. He's doing a great job. He's doing what he can with the role, but you're right. It's Adam pretty... Negatius. Adam Negatius, yeah. Uh, he's doing what he can, but I don't know that there's a lot of meat there to sink your teeth into because it is such a cliche archetype. Yeah. He doesn't seem like a real person, right? No, not really. Because I just don't know what makes him tick. Like, he's just been this, like, woman-using antagonist the, since, like, even for in the pre-fall days, you know? He's just, mm-hmm. he's just gone from amateur to the big leagues now. Yeah, that could be it. Uh, let's go back over to France. Daryl lays awake thinking about a flashback. <laughs> this is weird. They show us two seconds of the current day to show us a flashback. Uh, where he used the radio to call back to Carol, telling her that he was headed home. And Carol tries to tell Daryl that somebody came back, but the transmission's garbled, so he doesn't know who. And then it cuts off entirely. And the other thing we can't, I, I gotta stress if you're not watching the show, is that Carol doesn't sound right in this transmission. She sounds very flat, affected. Mm-hmm. Daryl pointedly asked her if she's okay, and she says something. Well, you know, you never have to worry about me, Daryl. But the way she said it was weird, and like Daryl's picking up on it being weird. And then yeah. she's just as the because like this is one of the things where it's like uh, there's a trick of the atmosphere to let them get a signal out this far, and it's like you only get it for a couple seconds. And just as Daryl's about to say goodbye, Daryl Carol comes back and says, uh, "Oh, Daryl, by the way, back." Now, I mean, this is this is them trying to get me to watch the other spinoffs, right? <laughs> this is this is, this is what thing. this is. So, so we got the Carol and Daryl spinoff. We were supposed to get Carol and Daryl. We got it. It's this episode. Well, I heard uh, that Carol makes it makes a cameo in this or makes an appearance in the season. That was something I heard in the preseason coverage. Is this, this it? Must be it? Yeah, this has to be. Because I don't other like other than a vision that he might have on the the brink of death next episode i can't imagine like if carol steps off a boat at the end of this season i i guess i i guess i shouldn't rule it out because it just might happen and i want to prejudge it but like i I, I, I don't know i she goes to maine she finds out that there's a boat out like daryl's a outsized character like maybe she could track him down that way i don't know why anyone would take her you know like any of janae's people would would take her but I, I don't know. Um, yeah, I what don't know do you how think? Know he's in France. It, 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 yeah, it seems wild. Uh, Let's have but, a- but I do want to ask you about spinoffs. Did you think that this is something that they covered in like the Maggie and Negan spinoff? Should I know more about this than? I don't think I so do. because everyone on the subreddit, the the Walking Dead subreddit, is treating this as this is new, breathless information. So I don't think it connects okay. to anything that we've made a connection with before. Oh, let's cool. run down the possibilities. Do you think it's Rick? We're on Easy Street, and it feels so sweet. We'll be right back. Hey, it's time for another season of Why is Mr. Feeney a Car? The premise is simple. A Gen Xer and a millennial watch old 80s action TV to see what still works and what doesn't. In previous seasons, we've done podcasts for Knight Rider, Airwolf, MacGyver, A-Team, and more. However, this year we're doing a very special season of Feeny. We're going back and reviewing the very special episodes of 80s and 90s sitcoms. Come cringe along with us as Hollywood tries to warn our families of the dangers of underage smoking, drug abuse, alcoholism, eating disorders, and much more. 
We start out with the episode of Boy Meets World where a high school kid gets sucked into a cult. Worlds collide as the Mr. Feeny finally makes an appearance on Why Is Mr. Feeny a Car? Join me and my buddy Jay each week for episodes full of nostalgia and secondhand embarrassment. And don't worry, if very special isn't your speed, we've also got some all-time classic Knight Rider episodes to close the season with. Find Why Is Mr. Feeny a Car? each Wednesday on Bald Move Pulp starting April 3rd. Of blood coursing through my veins. Welcome back to The Watching Dead. Uh, that's certainly a possibility. Yeah, this could take place after the movie stuff. With this is true. Show. Like we don't we don't know how much time has elapsed and all that. I don't like yeah. that possibility because I just can't imagine Carol being that nonchalant and like seemingly dejected <laughs> about Rick being like that. That's also what you lead with. Like oh, how things totally, in. Yeah. How's things in the Commonwealth? Uh, pretty quiet, kind of dull, yeah. getting used to it. Chased a rat out of the kitchen. Oh, by the way, your brother from a different mother came back that you've been spending the the rest of your post-Rick life searching for. Yeah, like, you can come what? home now. Your mission is accomplished. Come back to us. Yeah. Popular theory, Morgan, who I guess plot line has wrapped up in the Fear of the Walking Dead and last... Uh, again, I this is all this is all me. Right. This is all hearsay from the subreddit. Last uh, heard was heading his way back to Alexandria. There we go. That feels right. I could see Carol being not excited about that, but matter of fact about it, right? Yeah, it's uh, not important to Daryl. I've got the best option. Daryl's going to be super disappointed when he realizes that she said, "Oh, by the way, Heath came back." I was about to suggest Heath. <laughs> Someone on the subreddit it's said the funniest suggestion. that the triple piece that stands for potential plot point, and I about lost it. <laughs> if they brought, I would fucking love if they brought Heath back. Right? Explain um, that. A whole Heath spinoff. Where has he, he been for the last 10 years? Here is the suggestion, again, from the, the r slash Walking Dead that I think I like the most. She said Zeke's cancer has come back. <laughs> and that's why she sounds dejected. That's why, because Zeke's oh, the leader of the shit. Commonwealth. Like, if Zeke falls, who knows what happens? Like, I, I kind of like that. Not that I like the Zeke's cancers back, but I do. I think that sounds like that. That to me, that's that's my that's the that's the theory I'm I'm repping. I bet Shiva came back <laughs> from Shiva the fucking came back dead as as a walker and rampaged through the Commonwealth and Alexandria. And that's why she's so dejected. I bet you bring Shiva into that camp, you get a whole gallon. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Imagine the yeah. serum. It's not fresh, but with. come on, yeah. You, you you shoot a shoot a tiger full of zombie zombie piss. It's uh, who knows what's mm-hmm. gonna happen. How about my chlamydia came back? <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. There's a million possibilities. Yeah, sure. Sure. A lot of people are <laughs> insisting it's got to be Rick because it's it, there's only time for one syllable. Get the fuck out of here! I actually watched it. And I even I even timed some of the things like Zeke's cancer. Like you can easily say that in the space of what you know what the, the, the that static squawking out. Um. There. Yeah. I I I don't know. I think Rick is the least likely because here's the other thing is I guess the fucking Walking Dead showrunner. I'm not sure which one because it was clipped out. Um. But like someone was asking him about you know this 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 thing and 
He said the fans, if if there is a person that fans are expecting to come back, they're going to be wrong. So that right away tells me it can't be Rick. It cannot yeah, yeah. be Rick. And it's probably not Morgan because if he was last known to be heading back to Alexander, fan, so it's got to yeah. be something from some some left angle, some left field thing. Hmm. The Whisperers. Oh, uh, Dwight. Dwight is another actually a Dwight popular contender. Back. Dwight, would, yeah. and that'd be another one that Carol would be kind of like Loki. Well, I probably should tell Daryl, but it's not headline news, kind of. Yeah, you know, Mister Easy Street. Because the last time Daryl said, "Do you ever come back?" I'm like, "Kill you." Uh-huh. So, <laughs> I had a lot of possibilities. I don't know what the fate of uh, Negan and Maggie was on Dead City, but uh, maybe they came back. Hopefully, we'll get back to that um, at some point. One of these yeah, the Amazon keeps teasing me with it every time I scroll past it to, yeah, to watch Daryl Dixon. Yep. Um. So then a walker approaches their camp, and Daryl dispatches it. And he goes outside to dispatch anything else that might be out there, and he finds Aslan stuck to a telephone pole, dying. Apparently, he tripped and fell onto something, onto like what? One of those things where you put your your feet on to climb the telephone pole, I think. Yeah, the foot pegs. Yeah. Uh, Aslan tells Daryl to take the boy, follow the river, and beware telephone poles. And then Daryl puts him down. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like, this guy's, you know, I, I buy this guy's a tough zombie killer, and he got killed by three zombies, one of them special. But, you know, I can see being in dark and stumbling and just getting, you know, like, mm-hmm. that's like mm-hmm. the zombies got him. He got impaled onto something. Like, that can happen to anybody. Yeah, I was, I was thinking about it. Like, how plausible is this? And ultimately, I landed on... It's barely plausible. I, I think it it doesn't offend me. <laughs> I've seen offensive things in The Walking Dead. This wasn't one of them. Uh, the irony is the father is a telephone worker. I, thought, I mean, the guy's in good spirits. He said, uh, yeah. you know, I'm at peace. I'm facing east. Because I don't know if we mentioned that he's a devout Muslim. He's like, there's several uh-huh. instances of him praying. And he actually gives, um, I, I looked into it, uh, this uh, thing he said when he's dying is, uh, truly we belong to Allah and truly to him we return is, I guess, a phrase commonly said by Muslims when they find out of someone else's death. Hmm. Okay. So is it kind of ironic to say it about yourself? We're, we're, we're doing doing some heavy doses of Morissette here. Yeah, that works. But yeah, R.I.P. Aslan. You're a pretty good one and a half character, one and a half episode character. Yeah, he seemed cool. I was starting to like him. Um, The next day they bury him and they try to head out, but the boat is gone. Apparently Laurent, he he unleashed it. And so Daryl unleashes on him um, some verbal fury that is kind of frightening Demanding to know why he did it. And Laurent says he just didn't want to be alone. And Daryl kind of apologizes. He doesn't ever actually say, I'm sorry. He says, I didn't mean it. And then they continue on. I thought, I mean, this is this is Norman Reedus' Emmy submission episode. If the Emmys didn't have a dedicated incinerator just to deal with the Walking Dead for your consideration <laughs> campaigns. <laughs> Uh, this uh, is it's 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 excellent. Like it's it is. Uh-huh. He shames himself here, and he knows he does. He he mm-hmm. just goes right back. To, this is like the shit his old band would pull. And it is like the thing is, is he's it, he's not unjustified. The like, feelings what he's does feeling here, are real and valid. 
but yes. like the way he expresses himself here is poor yeah and like you know what laurent does is just inexcusable but also like i think it's like daryl steps aside and he sees the small boy who's been sheltered his whole life and has just been of late you know peddled from one person to another you know not knowing who and what to trust and and now he's like right on the door of it happening again and he just he just he does something phenomenally stupid um I also like Laurent that his whole effect is like the family's golden retriever who just ate a roast, a whole roast, and just yeah. like is so guilt, but like can't say it, it. It's he just clams up, yeah. And him's like, you know, calling him a stupid little shit, you're worthless, I should have left you. Like, he is really ripping chunks out of this kid. Um, oh, yeah. And it's it's powerful. And then like Daryl immediately like becoming shameful and like embracing the kid and trying. And I, I, I it's great. Like I said, at this point, I'm like, this might be the best fucking Walking Dead episode I've ever seen. I cannot like it's it's it sucks because Norman Reedus never really we talked about it, never really gets to uncork and do anything because like all those roles go to other men. Like mm-hmm. Rick get, gets 90 percent, 90 percent of the shit that like he could have done this for. They just give it to Rick. And the other shit they give to like Aaron and Morgan and <laughs> Abraham and Eugene for some fucking reason. Um, yeah, because Daryl's yeah. the tough guy. Enigma, that's the character they wanted him to be. But now that he's on his own show, he has to do more, right? Yeah. And the other thing is like, main character. I, also, I'm pretty sure that like Norman Reed is probably, I think that he has a huge amount of creative input into this season. Uh, oh, and right. I think these are the things like, yeah, he probably put in like, I, hey, I want to do something more than just swing a mace around and shoot crossbows. Right. Yeah. You wouldn't know it by watching Daryl Dixon run around on screen. But Norman Reedus himself is an artist through and through uh, mm-hmm. that. That is a man with a lot of passion and a lot of creativity. Um, but yeah, his the roles he plays don't often show it off. Yep. Uh, I don't know if I look and all this. I'm going to preface this with this is a kid and this is probably how he would feel and kids make stupid decisions all the time. I don't know if I buy his decision making about being alone here because Daryl's not like saying I'm going to get you to some random place and then abandon you on your own. He's taking him to an entire community who knows who he is, who has been primed by his friend and practically mother Isabel, his aunt, uh, to accept him and to take care of him. He's not, he's not being abandoned at a fucking mall here. He's being delivered to people who are primed to love him. So I, the the idea that he's going to be alone when Daryl leaves doesn't really strike me as true, but it's kid logic. And I, I he's grown attachment to Daryl. And now this is the only person he ever sees him being attached to in the future, I guess. Well, and like in six episodes, he has everyone in the convent got murdered and they got to, they had to run under, you know, threat of of pursuit. Uh, mm-hmm. They found this kid colony that he wanted to stay at and he got ripped away from that. Then they found the commune that he also felt some brotherhood to and they got ripped away from that. And it's like, like I said, in five episodes, he's been ripped away from four different things that he try was trying to find stability for. And you, you look at teenagers like. You know, it's like you, you move in schools, right? And they're like hyperventilate and it's scary. And oh, my God, I don't want to do this and oh, all yeah. that stuff. It's like you imagine getting moved through schools four times and the first school everyone got killed at. 
it's just like Mm -hmm. it yeah i I, and i I think that's why like daryl sees that like this is insane but also he's just a little boy and maybe prayed to god god told him to do it like i it's not his fault but the, the things that he did is it's frustrating and but uh you know get getting screaming at him is not gonna not not gonna help out the situation for sure all right Issa considers cutting her wrist again, but is interrupted by a huge breakfast that needs eating and a secret note that needs reading. We have no idea who it's from or what it says yet. Yeah, Cruella DeVille's on the resistance side. I did not I did not see that. Apparently. I think this note might be from Anna. This note might be from It's from Faro, right? It's gotta be. Falu? Falu is it Falu? I thought it's Faro. It's Falu? the the black dude the leader with the incredibly of the commune, white beard yeah. yeah 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 uh it almost almost certainly is from him i mean the the end of this episode they play like a big cliffhanger but you you see exactly how this whole thing is going to play out yeah um, i don't know if i buy it um that it could play out that way cuz it will it yeah it will, will but i i don't know okay. it's like i could the, the only way that i'll buy it is if the union de espalier or whatever the the union of, of faiths is like as big as the pauvre movement as as genet's movement because and i guess maybe because they've mm-hmm. talked about their satellite communities all over and maybe they recruit a big impromptu mm-hmm. army to save their messiah uh yeah because I, I i guess i was thinking of like the commune that couldn't even handle yeah. sad max and two lieutenants coming to to to, to get them uh like suddenly mm-hmm. in you know invading their inter sanctum but yeah. yeah maybe if it's like yeah they they pull from all communities and they've had a few days to like get a whole bunch of people maybe all they really need to do is cause chaos they they need to do what daryl did on that boat right if they unleash yeah. chaos and distract people from daryl daryl can just do everything yeah, but Laurent is right there by Janae. That's the thing. <laughs> like he's in the box seat with her. It's yeah. gonna be tough to get get them get get him out. So is Isabel, I think. Mm-hmm. She's up there. Yeah, it, we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But all this yeah, is yeah, to yeah. say, yes, I think the note is from Falu's crew. I, why would it be from Anna? I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't. I don't buy it from Anna. It could be a trap. It could be. I not sure. Not sure. But it does seem like yeah, Falu. Um, we go out to Daryl and Laurent who are walking. Laurent asks why he can't come with Daryl. Um, he's almost going to answer that, but their conversation is interrupted by a vehicle approaching. So they run and hide, but Laurent's bag spills open in the road. Yeah, why, why would the guy, I, I guess you see... You, you see a Rubik's Cube in the middle of the road and like what the works of Chaucer or whatever this kid had and you're like Sacre Bleu it's Laurent but like would you assume that like they're right there and like start fanning out and searching or would you just be like hey we're on the right track um, maybe you take a minute to search like you do a quick uh, quick search and then get back in which doesn't take them long to find Daryl. They just immediately find him. So yeah, we're gonna get to there. This is it's it's like a little bit more. There. It's a little bit more of the another mule situation where it's like I feel like Daryl shit his pants and overreacted in a way that I don't think the real Daryl would. Mm. All right. Yeah, I'm curious to hear about that. 
Uh, let's go to the flashback real quick. The group that went, uh, the kid went with Walker hunting. They return with him in tow as a walker. Daryl doesn't buy that they found him like that, and he starts a fight, which gets them all kicked out of the camp. Not not just kicked out. They they're grabbed up by the guards. Yeah, that's the thing. Like not just kicked. Like there was. Maybe they should explain the the punishment for violating the no fighting rules because holy hell, yeah, yeah, pretty severe. <laughs> I guess there's no real rules in the zombie apocalypse. It's just you know what you can might, get away with out in the might frontier. Makes right, yeah. Um, but I like the yeah, the, like like Daryl. Even though this like to me, I saw this coming a mile away. It's like this is exactly how like the claimers would do. Like oh, let's just go out and kill a bunch of people haven't turned and more gas for everybody right um it's like some kind of like it's yeah. almost touchingly naive for daryl to be like what the fuck you guys took this annoying kid out of the wilderness and killed him for for profit like yeah daryl did you sleep through the first 11 seasons of your show <laughs> right. like this happens every negan yeah. like yeah you remember any of that if there's ever a season where there's not a fresh group of people doing this, it's because you're still battling the last group of people that was doing this. Like, this is what, yeah, everyone but Rick's crew kind of does this, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, that's the world now. You snooze, you lose. Uh, let's go back to France. Current day, Daryl gives Laurent Aslan's watch and tells him to follow, run, follow the river to the place engraved on it. And he also gives him his gigantic knife, which is like half as big as Laurent is, uh, which I immediately knew was going to be a problem. Daryl divesting himself of his knife, that's not a good idea. Uh, the This vehicle that's driving by spots Laurent's stuff on the road and begins searching the area. Daryl gets caught. He pretends not to know anything about Laurent. And just as they're going to pluck his eyes out, Laurent doubles back and surrenders. Did Daryl get caught accidentally on purpose? May I'm willing to hear it. Why? Why do you say that? Because why would Daryl get caught? I mean, Daryl <laughs> is sneaking up on someone from behind, and he just accidentally steps on a stick. In the first time in Walking Dead history, Daryl sneaks through a wooded area to kill someone, and the guard hears him in time to whirl around with his gun and take him at gunpoint. Like I the feel like Daryl was a bridge too far. I I agree. So I'm looking at this this scenery and it's like fall, and he's by the banks of a river here. And I'm thinking, the ground is just covered in leaves. Are these dry leaves? Are these wet leaves? Because maybe it's a little wet there. So I I'm thinking about the leaves. The stick maybe was a little too far. If the leaves were crunching and he just had no way out because he was hidden in a bunch of crunchy loud ass underbrush i'd be like okay i think from daryl's perspective he just looks around and there's just dry piles of rustly <laughs> leaves he's like oh my powers i'm helpless <laughs> yeah pretty much i don't know if he can leap like a tiger i feel like all the other soldiers moving around give you cover to like it's like you can i, I don't know um Sound i just thought rushing river i don't know I, I, to me it played like he sacrificed himself to because like i i think it would be it'd play infinitely better if daryl got the drop on like one or two guys but there's like six or seven they all have guns and he's just got mm-hmm. you know the one weapon and he's just trying to cause a commotion to let laurent get away but if i back up i this is where i think he shit his pants laurent cannot make it 
like I don't know if they walked another kilometer or two he cannot make it 98 or 198 kilometers to this fucking place he just is not he's not that kid yeah yeah so like I feel like you would have had a much better choice as just like you know hey I'm gonna t- try to teach you how to move through the woods silently we're gonna move slow and slow we're gonna I, I don't know it just it, it felt like a panic move that had zero chance of working but also the writers needed it to happen for yeah, I mean, the rest if of the season. Has time, so. If LeBron has time to run, why doesn't Daryl have time to run with him? That, that's what yeah. I'm not understanding in this scene. Like if this is late season Carl, okay. Uh-huh. Or if this was, if this was current day Judith, all right. But this is not. This is Laurent, man. Yeah. This is the kid that's like, no, thank you, monsieur. I cannot kill these fish. Like, this is... He doesn't have that dog oh, in him. <laughs> I yeah, and no no amount or no size of knife is going to get him there. Yeah. Uh yeah. I'm with you. It seems a little crazy. Uh he does the kid doesn't even know how to hold the knife, too. That's the thing that bothers me. Like Daryl hands right. it to him in a way that any normal human would slip their fingers through the rings and grab sure, the, the knife by the handle. Uh-huh. He grabs the outside of yeah. the brass knuckles. Monsieur, this handle's so big for my hand. Uh, you know, fingers in the holes, kid. Come uh-huh, on. Uh huh. I I question the ergonomics. He's more likely to hurt himself with that knife than any attacker. Why are the spikes on the grip? It always, Mister Daryl. Like, yeah, I just. <laughs> kid, have you yeah. never seen brass knuckles before? This is brass knuckles with a huge ass knife for your thumb. Okay. I, okay. Okay. I. He might not have seen brass knuckles because I've only ever well, maybe I've seen one pair of brass knuckles. But if someone in my life, hands you brass but it's at knuckles, at a flea market or on a movie, like those are the only places I've ever seen brass knuckles. There's very few things in life where someone gives it to you and it's a singular purpose. It's automatically obvious, like a dildo. Sure. If someone hands you a dildo, it's like yes, this has but one purpose. Okay, <laughs> I think a World War One trench knife or brass few, knuckles are like. This is it's like if an alien with 17 fingers came down, they might have a question. But you get this yeah. to a human being. Does this go on my five dicks? Says the alien. <laughs> yeah, it's a, oh, it's a dick organizer. <laughs> yeah. Have you ever had this where your dicks are just going off and angry? You just want them to go like you just throw that on you, the, the brass quint, quintuple cockering. <laughs> you're right. You're right. It's It's pretty obvious. It's function via its form but and the fact that he used it wrong right off the bat is kind of it, yeah it's pretty funny it's a bad omen was your there all right uh let's go back to quinn he gives Issa a fancy necklace and says oh i'm about to go to a party with Janae." so it puts on the necklace and says let's get back together and then they go to the party together and they get the vip treatment and out at the gate, they see Falu's group, which I, I, her expression here is inscrutable. It looks like worry to me, but yes, assuming that note is from Falu, it can't, I guess it could still be worry. It's still worry because this is engaged in risky behavior. Yeah. They're going in the belly of the beast. There's all these soldiers. These are people yeah. she cares about by proxy, if not like by actual intimate knowledge. And they're doing something Fair. to sacrifice themselves for her and probably uh, Laurent. So I, I, yeah, I, I thought, and mission. also, 
The other thing is like I nothing she says or does is genuine for the rest of the episode. Like from the time she gets that note, everything she does is an act. Like mm-hmm. she is like, you know, she's wearing the hell out of that coat with nothing underneath it. And then she puts that necklace on. She looks incredible. Quinn, like does, speaking of the mask, does the wolf thing where his tongue comes out and uh-huh. steamrolls out his ears and he goes a wooga. And like, that's all he needs mm-hmm. to see. And yeah. I don't know. I just like all this, the, he's 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 name checking Charles de Gaulle, the military dictator, uh, elected. Na- I guess represented Joan of Arc too. And there's a Joan of Arc like that was cosplayer weird. out front, and he says, "I guess God told her to slay the munchers." I I don't really get exactly what get they're doing that. there. I wasn't sure if that was like a sexual orientation joke or it's like a cheese muncher because he also then. Said Charles de Gaulle I mean, the complained. Ones, that, munchers. It's probably yeah. just his name for the walkers. Oh, but. got you. I thought maybe like cheese muncher is like some kind of like low grade English slur towards the French because that that beef goes back. Beef yeah. goes back a while. How do I govern um, a land? Yeah, how do you? Yeah, like two hundred forty six varieties of cheese. That's a non serious thing for a statesman to say. I'm sorry. <laughs> I agree. I want the next president of America on his as uh, on his uh, <laughs> uh, what do you call it the the his ascension day uh, I forget what they call it fuck when he gets sworn into office I want uh, him to speech to be like I how can I govern a people that have five hundred and seventy three thousand hot sauces mm-hmm. like there are too many types of barbecue I quit. I've been to jungle gyms. There's too many. There's too many. Like I 246 mm-hmm. varieties of cheese. I can get my head wrapped around that. 17.3 million bottles of distinct hot sauce in this country, and I've seen them all. I, I don't get it. I, I, that's that's a that's a fractious, wavered people. Can, can well, never be and look where we're governed. at. We're fractious and wavered. That's right. So we're we're yeah. we're proving the point. Yeah, <laughs> we are. We are the example. Uh, I don't know. So I wasn't quite getting what they were putting down here, but yeah, this General De Gaulle stuff is going to come into play. Maybe it's like that vampire joke where it's like, this is like, this is like really funny observational political humor in France, but we just, you know, we're just. Did I need subtitles to get it? Is that the thing? I had to turn the subtitles off in this episode because I could not fucking (laughs) understand anything Janae was saying because they subtitled the fucking French people singing in the background over her subtitles. Uh huh. Get your shit together. For the second week in a row, Amazon, get your shit together. And just like, I just feel like, yeah, I was was getting karmatic justice for making fun of you because I happen to be watching it on a platform where I could not easily change the subtitles. So (laughs) I had to turn them off. Uh, Let's go inside Janae's compound here. Uh, Her castle? It looks like she lives in an actual fucking castle, which is cool. So she calls it, it's called Maison Mare, which is a famous Parisian hotel that With and, and restaurant courtyard but this kinda? is not that so i don't know whether oh. maison mayor maybe might mean something else like great mansion or something i i don't know and i i couldn't find any like english speaking source that really told went into great detail about maison mayor and you know it's just hmm. like a hotel you can book it you can book it tonight i found out from anywhere between 400 to 1000 euro a room shit it's a lot of money yeah, but honestly, for a really swanky ancient hotel, and for, I was thinking that's, you know, shit, man. I paid $300 a night to stay in Houston. Yeah. And it didn't oh. have the Eiffel Tower in its neighborhood, you know? It's true. It's true. 
Uh, yeah, so they go inside. They see uh, a bunch of torture and murder at the hands of Janae. And they're taken to a room where they're keeping Daryl. And it's apparent to Quinn that Anna, who is also there, has betrayed him. Quinn is locked up. Is is taken to Janae's office where Laurent is being held. Um, and we find out that Janae wants to use Laurent to unite the people under her. I quite enjoyed Quinn's impotent. You have no idea what you've done. Like, nah, I'm pretty sure she knows exactly what she's done. She's frosted your bun, dude. Uh, well, and she is only she too happy. Herself? Has she doomed her uh, bohemian colony also? Well, that might Quinn be, there? but I don't think she gives a shit. She just wanted to see this man yeah. suffer. And fair enough. Yeah. Uh, you reap what you sow, Quinn. I like that Judas kiss she lays on him. Uh, mm-hmm. and it's his power move Janae to be torturing to death the guy who you just bribed to so like uh, when did Quinn know that he was fucked I feel like the second that guy got pulled screaming by him like Monsieur Quinn please help I do me it's like I was like oh yeah there's no like this isn't coincidence that's a very yeah. pointed thing to do but it's like he should felt know like he, I, every, everything about his character says he should know at that point but I don't yeah, but know. But he that played the show it like he that. didn't. Yeah. And that just might be him keeping his cool. I can't. I can't really it's tell. Because what are you gonna do? Like it's kind of like uh, you're in the belly of the beast already. Yeah. Like when when they're drug on the boat and they're being shoved into the live bait cage, the guy's like, "We got to make a stand." That's like, dude, it was the time to make a stand was like <laughs> yeah. when you're getting shoved into the transport to the ship. Like you're fucked now. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're Daryl Dixon. Unless you're Daryl Dixon, doing the oldest prisoner playbook in in <laughs> right <laughs> your oldest prisoner play in the book. Uh, yeah. So we'll we'll get to to more of this stuff here in a second. Um, because we're gonna flash back. Uh, Quinn's blaming Daryl for his troubles. Has but did we talk about what back. Janae wants? Wait, from Laurent? Did we oh, cover that? Uh, she she apparently wants to just uh co-opt his message of peace and unity um and use it to unite the people under her it's yeah she uses as a figurehead a, to try another to, trick old as the book uh oldest trick in the book there uh if, if she can get laurent to bless her activities then she can get the whole union despoiler or whatever the date do semi i don't, I don't to, know to follow her but like yeah. <laughs> i don't know the things she's doing and the things she's saying are very much at odds, but mm-hmm. we'll get there. Uh, yeah, let's flash back to Daryl being loaded onto Janae's boat as a prisoner. Lots of walkers and experiments on this boat. Uh, Daryl's vest is taken, which is offensive, and he's forced into a cage. Wrong move, Later, fucker. one of their cellmates is dragged away and fed to walkers. And let's kind of stop there for a second. Um, they're really painting a picture here on this boat of systematic uh, torture and experimentation. They have a system. They do have a system. Does it make any sense? Do you actually need to feed walkers? I've never seen a walker that needs to eat to sustain itself. But I think that's, that's, I think that's part of the experiment. They are actually seeing, do they, you know, if you feed walkers, do they stay vital longer? Do they break down faster? Like they're doing zombie science. For 12 years and they don't know whether feeding walkers 
I mean, the first, Maybe 10, the first 11, power, yeah. that's what I'm saying. The first 11 years they're dealing with assholes like Les Nigon or whatever the hell they're called in France. Uh, you know, yeah, they're, yeah. and now this is the, this is the, essentially the Commonwealth and they're like, okay, you know, we'd like to take over our country actually. How can we eliminate these zombies or use Governor them for had the our, shit down years ago? Years to, ago. But you know, maybe we, maybe the world would already have a, a, a zombie cure if it wasn't for Rick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He went like, in and killed the governor. You might not appreciate his methods, but he had Poindexter doing some some important zombie science back in the day. Mm-hmm. And Poindexter seemed like a reasonable person. I don't know that he's doing fucked up experiments like this, trying to create super zombies. Uh, yeah. So pretty, now Daryl's pretty pretty wild. Hey, through that dude, like I thought that was like one of the top five horrific killings in on tv history is them just casually tossing that dude screaming into the zombie pit yeah it's fucked up man it's right up there with numbers and wrench sliding that dude into the ice in fargo for just like god that's a bad way to go yeah <laughs> uh so daryl fakes an injury to get out of his cage he kills the guards and frees everyone prisoners and walkers alike. Uh, alike I, i'm gonna cover all the flashback stuff and then we can go back to the france stuff with janae because this is all shot out of order this is all mm. like jumping back and forth but there's a fairly coherent narrative here plus a lot uh, of this is like undercut by janae's speech like they'll start just yes. you know playing the audio from that over daryl's escapades yeah and daryl's gonna steal lifeboat and he gets off the ship as another prisoner is torn apart by a fast walker. A runner? I don't know. Electro zombie is what it looked like to me. Electro? Yeah, it had those big, like, elect bolts sticking out of its neck. Like, like a Franken zombie? Yeah, oh, they had, like, shit. like electrical terminals all over it. Oh. It's definitely I was fast, actually though. It's a runner. Right, right before it, I actually thought it was going to start shocking them. I'm like, oh my god, I'm going to get like Electro Zombie. <laughs> Hell fucking god. yeah. Um, I, I feel like it, is it wild that I felt like they oversold the the, the Super Zombie? Like the, the like redneck. Or speed yeah, the red, or what? The redneck murderer when it's walking upstairs is saying, it's climbing! And I'm like, no, it's yeah. walking upstairs, dude. Like, zombies yeah. have been able to walk upstairs since forever. If stairs on yeah. a boat. If it was a ladder, not, maybe we could classify this as climbing. Maybe it's a steep stairs, but it was not a ladder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, you're right. But but it's it's faster than a regular zombie, too. That's the thing that struck me is how quick it was. How yeah, strong it, was, it is, it was, too. Like, Daryl bashes its head with a fire extinguisher or something. Came right back. Or a dinghy. I don't know. Yeah, and it does nothing to it. So It was uh, overclocked. Um, can we talk about... Daryl playing the oldest trick in the book. Uh, I kind of bought it because yeah, I, I guess what I what I'm assuming happened here is this guy punched Daryl in the mouth a few times to get a nice mouthful of blood. He's pretending like he's puking up blood, mm-hmm. which is not. I mean, that's more than just a person saying you know laying on the ground sweating. Yeah, and they also like subdue him they don't just like mm-hmm. assume that like they kick him in the gut a couple times and then they think they got a dying man that they just roughed up and i i and then yeah, daryl happens they have is a badass who's tricked him and it was he punches one gives 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 a gives a cross the body hook into the balls with the one guy reaches <laughs> up grabs the other guy by his head throws him in the zombie pit um and the other guy's so make- stunned 
Yeah, he didn't know. Haymaker's the third dude, and as he like fumbles his rifle, points it underneath his chin, and John wicks him. Then mm-hmm. full body tourniquets the one dude with his rifle and the strap on it, and and then breaks his neck for good measure. That was a good ten second stretch of Daryl Dixon. Yeah, no, that was excellent. And then his his plan of just like cause chaos, right? Like I'm going to unleash your weapons on you, and you and, can deal with them while I'm unleashing the, all the other prisoners. And the way he takes his time to peel the vest off the one dude and throw it back on himself like a cape. Uh huh. So good. So good. <laughs> yeah, with the hero shot right from below as he's doing it. Uh, yeah. And then he steals his lifeboat. He's off the ship. And now we can kind of connect the dots. You know, he floats around forever. Uh, he ends up barely alive on an upside down boat, which I, you know, we had our problems with. But yeah, he's got to be clearly near France at this point. Yeah. Yeah. They're most away the there. Yeah, he wouldn't survive more than a couple of days out there on that boat with no water. And it, it wouldn't be more than a couple of days ocean crossing. Plus, I think there was like seven or eight people in the cage. By the time mm-hmm. this happens, it's just him and the the douchebag murderer that's that's left. So it's like they're kind of showing the passage of time. But yeah, I, mm-hmm. I can't imagine more than a week or so to get across the Atlantic and a freighter. Yeah, a steamship uh, seems seems reasonable. I don't know. Uh, okay, let's go back over to France, to the modern day here. Um, the guards remove Daryl from his cell and take him out to lunch, which, you know, he's the main dish. Uh, Janae addresses a crowd saying things that people want to hear. And then one of the hungry ones is brought into this pit where Daryl's been taken, given a dose of speed. And then Daryl picks up his axe that he was supplied with, and the episode ends. Cliffhanger. Can Daryl kill a single strong zombie with a goddamn battle axe? I don't know. I'm I'm guessing yes, but there's going to be more, right? That's just the that's just the that's just the main that's just the hors d'oeuvre. Probably, yeah. But we all know what's going to happen here, right? Falou's crew is going to is going to jump into action here. They're going to cause chaos. Daryl's going to get out, and he's going to go rampage on fools. And Janae's going to have to run. Probably. My guess is, is, is uh, my only, uh, my only, I guess, question is who survives besides Daryl and yeah. Laurent. Or is Laurent a guarantee survive? I, I think I Laurent's like, almost, yeah, certain to survive. But I feel like Isabel is the one that you would want to kill for maximum emotional effect, but she's also a great character, and I kind of feel like they built her up so she can be you know, more or less a permanent fixture of this show. Yeah. But I don't know what Daryl Dixon two season two looks like either. Does he stay in France? Does he go to Germany? Does he go back home? Mm-hmm. He goes back home. Does it just become the walking dead 2.0? Like the one thing that's certain is either Emil or Sylvie, Sybil chartreuse, mm-hmm. whatever her name is, is dead. One of the, one of them is going. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Janae. I thought it was interesting. We we kind of glossed over it, but there's a scene where Lur- she's trying to break Laurent and and get her to back her of her own free will, and he's resistant because she's trying to tell him to say a bunch of lies, which he thinks is wrong. And she says, "You're making me very angry." And he says, "You're not angry. Your heart is broken." And it mm-hmm. really brought her up short. Yeah. We're we gonna find. You think we'll find out more about that, or is that just like a hint of depth? Certainly. Here? No, I think there's a lot more to come with her. The She's other the thing big I th- bad. 
I thought is how like much class is interject interjected into her speechifying. Like she's talking about the elites and how they took everything and they inflicted pain on the people who are least uh, able to bear it, the poor and the needy and how there are some there's friends that agree with their methods and there's enemies who want to go back to the old ways where the elites controlled everything but it's you pointed out the inherent contradiction of a dictator and full like fascist hugo Basque delivering mm-hmm. these words yeah yeah but i, no, I don't know maybe maybe de gaulle seemed like really fashy when he took over france to, to lead them into the fifth republic i i, I don't know and that that turned out okay for them yeah, and I guess you can get away with it if, like, every time the public is presented with your image, you say the right things, even though you have no intention of honoring any of it. I've seen it in my own life in real politics. It's crazy. Do you? Uh, but I also think it's interesting. There's also inherent contradictions in what she's saying. Like, she's talking about the Bible foretells the meek inheriting the earth, and now look at us. We're meek no longer. And I'm like, well then I guess I have bad news because the Bible, yeah. <laughs> the Bible doesn't say the meek inherit the earth and then become a bunch of violent psychopathic assholes. Like, yeah, pre- pretty sure, pretty sure God would have a bad, a, a dim view of that, but yeah. And I, I don't know if they're writing those obvious on the face of it contradictions into this speech to tell us that, or if this is just like bad writing it's hard to tell on a show like The Walking Dead because I've seen it yeah, do it both ways. Yeah, Laurent's disturbed about why the people are cheering about these awful things, about feeding Amanda. But like, I'm like, who are these people? Mm-hmm. Like, they're not the artist misfits that Quinn rules over. Right. Um, they're not the the religious. So, so is this like a battle for like the people who are religious versus irreligious? Um, and the other thing that's complicated is like from what we can see of Genet's occupation of France, it does seem like a lot of people are getting back to the business of living, which we don't really see a lot in this world. Mm-hmm. The, the strange thing about this too is she seems to want Laurent to lead the people to her but she doesn't have him say anything. She doesn't present him to the people. He's just well, kind of standing there in the background. That's I, because she says she's there's like this brief scene where they're walking into the room where she's explaining to Laurence is like first I'm going to say some words, then we're going to have entertainment after a fashion. Oh, the scene just and ends then, before that. Okay. Yeah, so like they're they're going to kill like Daryl's like the the inter the intervening event, and then she's going to introduce him to the crowd. So like, gotcha. I don't think she's going to get to do it because Daryl's not going to die. Yeah, I'd want to do that first. Or, or set the mood, for, right? For Lou's going to come in there with Bastien, and yeah, shit's going to pop off. Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know. I am curious to see where we end this season because there is going to be a season two of this thing. Already been renewed, yeah. Um, I don't think they can kill Janae. They could definitely kill Sad Max. I almost... I feel like they're almost certain to kill Sad Max. I think Sad Max dies too because his whole arc was getting vengeance. It's never going to happen. Janae still has some sad backstory you could plumb. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's the much more interesting villain. Yeah. And she's, yeah, the overarching villain here too. So she's going to probably get away. I think Isabel's a big question mark. Uh, Laurent and Daryl. I mean, Daryl obviously can't die. Laurent. (laughs) Daryl Dixon season two. Daryl's a zombie. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Laurent is almost certainly not going to die. 
but any of those like Falou could die Emil or Sylvie they'll one of those will definitely die that would be a fucking series Carol walking the earth a zombie to Errol like uh-huh. in Michonne with his jaw knocked off <laughs> I think it'd be funny like also like if there's like parts where there's another like you know there's this parts where um, Carol's hallucinating that Daryl's still alive and it's it's Norman Reedus in full zombie makeup just doing Daryl I think that would be yeah like I don't the know, I'd watch six episodes and they're sitting on the yeah, couch I... playing video games yeah yes yes <laughs> that's, exactly, couch, that's exactly that's exactly the analogy Sure, I could I could watch at least one season of that. It's no worse than anything they've done on The Walking Dead. Nah, six more hours of Walking Dead can't hurt me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Scott Gimple's like challenge accepted. <laughs> <sighs> Have you seen Dead City? Uh, yeah. So th- that's it. That's it for the episode. We'll see the dramatic conclusion next week. Hey, don't shamble away. We'll be right back. Hungry ones will feast. We're back with the Watching Dead. Sure, it will be dramatic. Uh, we have some feedback. TWD at baldmove.com. That stands for The Walking Dead is how you send in feedback. We got a couple. Seawells is back. He's not satisfied until we admit that this is a Tilu clone. Says, I thought immediately when the show <laughs> aped The Last of Us by making Daryl torture for information because Joel did it. Uh, it's absolutely an assassination of Daryl's character. The last I remember of Daryl going unhinged was doing the savior war when he killed guys, but that was a war. He wasn't the designated torture at all. Even the morally gray stuff isn't Daryl. It's more of Rick telling him to do something. When they found the kid that they went to get Herschel out of the bar in season two, they didn't torture him outside of an ass kicking and couldn't kill him because Rick couldn't do it in front of Carl. And even then, I don't think they tortured him. I think Daryl was just the guy who brought him in and out of the room. I mean, he goes, no, I'm not going to fact check this shit show, so I could be wrong. I think, yeah. And and based, honestly, no one should go back and (laughs) and research any kind of argument they're having for the show. No. But I feel like you're going a long way to say Daryl was the designated torturer, except for you're not saying Daryl's the designated torturer. Well, Rick made him designated torturer, all right? Right. Still designated torturer. They didn't torture him. They just kind of beat him up and put a noose on him and... They're going to hang him, and Daryl's going to be there. It wasn't Daryl there, there, like, ready to torture the shit out of Aaron for an apple or something? I feel like Rick was the one doing the torture there. But, like, was he? yeah. I'm not fact-checking that. Yeah, I'm not fact-checking either. Fact-checking either. I just clearly remember Daryl being the one. And and maybe Rick put put him up to it, and he's like an Amos type from The Expanse, where... You know, he's morally flexible and he kind of relies on the good intentions of his friends to keep him from going down dark places. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know if it's the worst thing I've ever seen Daryl Dixon do. But that was now that you mention it. But here's the thing. I just don't see the parallels because The Last of Us is a real show and this is The Walking Dead. <laughs> like I just keep coming back to me. Like, honestly, I should have like, oh, yeah, Daryl's yeah. doing this gratuitous torture just like Joel did. But it didn't, I swear to God, it didn't even occur to me. It didn't even occur to me. Yeah, this I'm going to need him to like, I'm going to need him to encounter a cordyceps zombie before the connection will sink in. And Laurent just is not in any way, shape or form Ellie. No. That's the biggest thing no. to me. 
The only uh, way that you could say she is is perhaps she's the savior of humanity, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it's very similar to Last of Us, even more similar than, like, you know, basic things like man versus man, man versus wild. Like, there's, like, yeah. Uh, young person, young chosen person being escorted by wise, sagacious person is is a pretty old old trope as well. Uh, mm-hmm. The Last of Us wasn't certainly the first to do it, but I, I get it. I get it. It just came out earlier. Was it this year? Did The Last, Last of Us come yeah. out this year? Uh-huh. Holy shit, The Last of Us like came out January, this year. February. Yeah, I get it. I get it. A lot of proximity there. Uh, Rachel from Alabama said, I want to bring your attention to a version of a show I stumbled upon that has the cast and crew perspective sprinkled within the episodes. Uh, so this is, I guess there's a version of the walk and I accidentally bumped into this as well. There's a version of this called Daryl Dixon cast diaries where they have like special features like DVD Blu-ray style sprinkled throughout the, uh, the show. And in a lot of way they did later expand seasons where they had like little mini episodes that they'd bury within the special features and whatnot. These are kind of like more part of that. If you go like if you're if you're watching this on Amazon, you'll see two versions of the show. One is like 20 minutes longer, 15, 20 minutes longer than the other. And I think that's the one. Anyway, she says there's a few minutes of uh, material for each episode. For instance, in episode four, when you were speculating on Janae's intentions when she picks up the crying baby, I thought like you were about to see something horrific. But the actress actress explains her motivations behind her performance. And I was amazed and surprised by her comments. Uh, these annotated episodes offer some fascinating and unexpected insights into story, and they do help deepen and enrich what is often thin in the narrative. Uh, so if you're looking for more Walking Dead, check out the cast diary version. Um, I will say that this is a long trick of the Walking Dead to do shit like this, to explain mm-hmm. the shit that doesn't make sense on their, on, on their show. Like this was yeah, last the season. talking. Well, yeah, take it all the way back to Talking Dead. Yeah, yeah, not the good one with the Canadian guys. Uh, the one with uh, what the hell is this guy's name? Uh, Chris. How do I not know this guy's name? Chris singled out. I I forget his name. <laughs> Shit, it's been so long since I watched Talking Dead. Are they still doing Talking Dead? You think? Probably. Well, here's the thing. They did this uh, the last few seasons, right? right. Uh, this, I think ever since Chris like Hardwick. Angela. Hardwick, yeah. Chris I think Hardwick. ever since uh, Angela Kang took over, they've been doing these post-episode things where they have been uh, interviewing you know, her and a lot of the cast and people involved in the production of the show and writers. It sounds like what they're doing is they've just taken that section that used to be at the end of the episode and sprinkled it throughout the episode at the relevant points, which is a cool format, I think. Uh, apparently they haven't had a new show since November 20th, 2022. So they're just, they're just, uh, called it quits after 11. Called it quits after the main seasons. show. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> I would, man, Chris Hardwick. I imagine he's relieved. Oh yeah. It's got I mean, a sold his company to legendary and was like, yeah, I'm done. <laughs> I'm done with this bullshit. <laughs> It's got to strain something deep inside to fake that much enthusiasm for that long. You know, yeah. I can go you, back to you, being a fan on my terms. Yes. Sign me up. Yeah. It's like you blow out a spiritual ACL or something. You just, you just can't do mm-hmm. it. It's too much strain on the, on the psyche. 
Uh, that's it. That's it for the the uh, thoughts from the readers this week. Uh, TWD at baldmove.com if you'd like to get in uh, your final comments. Uh, next week might be the last one. I don't know if we'll have a wrap-up. We still haven't decided exactly because, man, there's new shit keeps coming to light. They're announce, gr- announcing new series that are coming. Um, I know we do want to get to Dead City. I just don't know if it's going to be right after this or we might get to it in the new year when things kind of settle down. But uh, we'll probably have that announcement next week. Get in all your feedback in for the finale, the Daryl Dixon finale, uh, TWD at baldmove.com. If you want to know what we're doing next, uh, hint, it's a lot of Loki, uh, maybe some Fargo, maybe some True Detective. The best way to find out what we're doing is go on our social media. We're at baldmove everywhere except for TikTok. We're baldest move there. And then finally, if you'd like to support us, get ad-free feeds, extra bonus audio content, video content, all kinds of stuff. Uh, we would appreciate it. Support.baldmove.com to keep our podcast podding. That's going to do it for this week here on The Walking Dead. Daryl Dixon, thank you for listening. Until next time, I'm your host, Aaron. And I'm Jim. See ya. See ya.